Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And so, Father, even now, as we approach your word as as humbly as, as we know how to approach, we ask that you would show us your mercy by teaching us from your word. God, that in spite of the messenger, you would deliver your message of hope and conviction and encouragement and challenging. God, that you would bring comfort to those who are grieving and mourning and hurting. God, that you would convict those of us who are struggling and striving daily against our sin. That you might draw us closer to you through the reading, through the teaching, through the proclamation of your word. That we might mature in our relationship with you as a result of hearing your word read and hearing your word proclaimed today. That is only possible if you speak through your word this morning, Holy Spirit. So would you come now and teach us as we do our very best to sit at your feet and listen as humbly as we can. We ask all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Church, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, I encourage you to take it and turn with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127. If you're not familiar with the Bible this morning, that's perfectly fine. You can borrow a Bible from the back of the pew in front of you. If you don't have your own copy, you can keep that one as our gift to you. But if you need help finding where we are and you don't want to just follow along on the screen, the book of Psalms is like in the dead middle of the Bible. So if you open to about the middle, you'll probably find the book of Psalms. There's 150 of them. So you get to Psalm 127. You're real close to the end of the book of Psalms there. And we're going to read these five verses. I will read for us. This is a song of ascents. This is a psalm of King Solomon. As you find your place in sacred scripture, if you're physically able, I would ask, would you please stand out of reverence for the public reading of God's holy word? We look together now at Psalm 127. I'll read these five verses. When I've completed, I'll say this is the word of the Lord. I encourage you to respond by saying, thanks be to God. Let's look together now at the word of the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We come to this passage this morning, and if you'll think back with me, aside from our slight deviation last week to talk about Acts and pursuing the desert road as Philip did when he left Samaria and hearing testimony from Matthew Humphreys at Camp Victory, we have been looking at the Beatitudes, and we moved from the Beatitudes into the Psalms in some sort of a way. 
So we looked at the first psalm, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, correct? We, we studied Psalm 1, which sets the tone for all of the psalms, but it also has that same theme that the Beatitudes carried, talking about what it looks like to be blessed by God, to live a life that would be considered by others as blessed. In the same way, we come to Psalm 127, and just like there is a connection between the Beatitudes and Psalm 1, there is a connection between the Sermon on the Mount and Psalm 127. We also find descriptions of what it is like to be blessed by God. Notice that in verses 3 through 5, there is a blessedness to having, excuse me, to having children. Children are a heritage for the Lord. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with those arrows. The life of blessing looks like a fruitful life. But there are many who have a fruitful life, and much like the songs have already encouraged and directed us this morning, that fruitful life can be filled with all sorts of wonderful and good things. There are people who are unfortunately bound for an eternal torment and an eternal suffering separated from God who have a quiver full of arrows as described in Psalm 127. There are families with plenty of children that they raise to be good citizens. But is that what the Bible means when it talks about being blessed? You have a lot of children and your children participate in the community well. They are active. They're good citizens. They're good people. They don't do a lot of immoral things. They're faithful to their spouses. They don't get really drunk. They don't do drugs. They don't break the law except for the speed limit because, let's be honest, almost everybody in the United States has broken that at least this morning. So they are good, upright people, but that's not a blessing. That's not the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord only comes to those who build their life, who build their family, who build their house on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I would argue this morning that a husband and a wife who are infertile, who are unable to have biological children of their own, but who both love and care for Jesus and have built their life upon him, they are more blessed than a family with 20 children, none of whom know the Lord. Folks, it's about where our priorities are. It's about what we're building our life upon. It's about what we're living for. There are so many good things in life, but if we're living for the wrong thing, then when hardship comes, when the day of judgment comes, we'll find that, we had no foundation. See, that's what's so incredible about how Jesus' Sermon on the Mount ties in to Psalm 127. You see, Jesus is the greatest preacher that has ever lived, and he delivered some of the most epic sermons that have ever been preached. And this is how Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount. Are you ready? This is what he does. This is how he draws to a conclusion. You remember you've heard plenty of preachers say, all right, I'm landing the plane. All right, I'm going to close with this. All right, here's the last thing. This is how Jesus moved into the quote-unquote invitation. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. He started in Matthew 5. He worked his way through the Beatitudes. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit 
the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are continues on. You've heard that it said an eye for an eye, but I say to you. You've heard that it was said, thou shalt not murder, but I say unto you that if you look upon your brother with hatred and malice in your heart, then you've already committed murder. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I say unto you that if you look upon a person with the lust that you would have for your spouse, then you have already committed adultery with them in your heart. Jesus has taken the law and elevated it to another level that people never could have possibly imagined, and they recognize their sinfulness. There is an element of Jesus' sermon that is meant to be lived, that is meant to be practiced. And this is how he finishes. He preaches this sermon so we'll know how unrighteous we are. He preaches this sermon so that we'll understand the standard we're striving for. And then, here's his closing words. Verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell. And the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now these are not on the screen, but I just want you to look at verse 28 and 29. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were absolutely astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Listen, the scribes and the Pharisees and the most religious and devout people, they taught like I teach today. I can only share with you what is in this book. I can only share with you what God has revealed through the Holy Spirit, through these words, for us, for edification in this place. I am not the one who has the authority to declare what is and is not this word. Jesus doesn't speak as somebody who is studying the scrolls and saying, well, when Isaiah said this, Rabbi so-and-so interpreted it this way, and I'm telling you that Rabbi so-and-so was correct in his interpretation. No, Jesus said, I have the words of life. And if you are wise, you will listen and build everything in your life upon the words you just heard in this sermon. And then he says, but if you're a moron, And that's the Greek word. The Greek word for foolish, if you say it phonetically, is moron. I'm serious. Jesus called everybody who did not listen to these words a moron. That's what he means by foolish. In the Bible, foolish is related to what we hear in the book of Psalms. The fool says there is no God. So being foolish is not being silly. It's not the court gesture. In the Bible, being foolish means I discredit God's existence. And the Bible calls that person a fool. They're as foolish as trying to build your house on the sand. And I don't know about you guys, but last time I went to the beach, I noticed a lot of houses on the sand. Did you you not notice that? Like, we got a lot of foolish people in the world, right? No, they they dig down to the bedrock. Like your, your average house, you might build on pilings and you might go down eight feet. But if you're down at the beach, you're going to go down at least 16 feet. And then you need to account for the waves and the tide coming in and going out. 
So you might dig those pilings down 30 feet to make sure that when the winds blow, when the rains come, your house will still be there. When the waters rise, you've built your house up and it's founded on the bedrock. And I think a lot of us have gone through life living life as good people. Our house looks really good. But if we were to move the sand out of the way and try and see how deep did we dig and did we found the pilings on the bedrock, I I think some of us would find that maybe we've gotten really good at playing church. Maybe we've gotten really good at putting on the face as though we've got a foundation. But we don't really have a very good foundation. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Well, the interesting part is it uses the same description for both houses. Did you catch that? It lists each thing twice. Look with me once again. Turn back to Matthew chapter 7 if you, if you have already moved away. Matthew chapter 7. He says, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house. Verse 27, this is the house on the sand now. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat against that house. Why would Jesus go through the trouble of repeating himself? There's other ways to say that, right? There were bad storms, and the house stood strong. Then the guy built his house on the sand, same thing happened, that house fell. No, 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 no. Jesus wants us to understand completely The same storms hit both houses. So you might be sitting there wondering, why on earth do bad things happen to good people? Jesus promises us that it would. The same storm that comes for the rich comes for the poor. The same storm that comes for the house on the sand comes for the house on the rock. The storm is not the difference. The foundation is the only difference. And Jesus is absolutely masterful in preaching this because he's talking about two separate occasions. When he talks about this storm that's coming, he's talking about the day of the Lord. He's talking about the judgment that will come in the same way that in the Beatitudes, he's referring back to blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. When we continue in Psalm 1, it says that the wicked will perish, that they will not stand on the day of judgment. Jesus is subtly using these storms to refer to the day of judgment. You know what's different when the day day of judgment comes? The only thing that's different is where you built your house. And on the day of judgment, there will be a fall for every single house that was built on sand. It will be a terrible and great fall. Don't miss that Jesus uses that modifier. There will come a day... When all of us have to stand before Christ. And those who built their house on the sand of this earth. They will stand before the Lord and there will be a fall. And it will be great. But that's not the only thing Jesus is referring to. He's referring to the storms of life. To it raining on the just and the unjust. As he says in Matthew 10. He'll take up that same theme. The storms that hit you hit everybody. Cancer does not discriminate. These evil things that happen to us because our world is cursed by sin happen to everyone. 
And when those storms come, that's when you find out what people's foundation looks like. How can their marriage recover? He was unfaithful. She was unfaithful. How could they ever find restoration or reconciliation? Well, when the rains were pouring harder and the winds were blowing stronger, they found a way to reconcile because their foundation was not on shaky sand. They dug deep and they founded themselves on the bedrock that is Jesus. Well, they lost their child. Their child passed away. How can that family ever recover? It'll be terrible. It'll be difficult. It'll be impossibly hard. But families that make it are the families that founded their house and their lives on the bedrock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's really tough because a lot of us are very good church people. And what we don't realize is we worship our children. And so when those storms come where one of our children is taken from us, it reveals that maybe our faith wasn't real all along. That's hard. The only way to make it through that is to be founded on Jesus. As much as I love every sporting event that my kids can be a part of, if I spend my whole life following them and teaching them and coaching them, and they are the epitome of all that I do, if the Lord takes one from me, I'm lost. Because it turns out I wasn't worshiping God, I was worshiping them. That's where the rubber meets the road, folks. Don't just sit here and think that Jesus is talking about the drug addicts and the alcoholics and the people who do cocaine and the people who are strung out and living on the street. He's talking to you and me. To good citizens of Israel. People who wanted the Roman army to fall. People who went to the synagogue every week. People that loved their kids the way that we love our kids. And we take good things and make them God things. And we put on a shiny veneer so it looks like we're strong Christians. When in reality, we're worshiping good things as God things. We're worshiping this job that God's blessed us with. And then when we lose it, we are lost. And that means that our foundation was on the sand and on the job and not on Jesus. And if your foundation this morning, if my foundation this morning is built on my job or my kids or my wife, if my foundation is built on my salary, if my foundation is built on the house that I live in or the car that I drive, then when the storms come, because they will, I will fall and great will be my fall or you will fall and great will will be your fall. Jesus has to be the rock we're founded on. We have to be focused, laser focused on living for His glory. On being His disciple and making other disciples. We should love our children. We should work hard. We should do so knowing all the while that ultimately God is our rock. Jesus is our foundation. And if you think, oh, this is just a nice little connection between Psalm 127 and Matthew chapter 7, this is all over Scripture. I I just want to run through a few verses. Bear with me. Psalm 118 verse 22 is talking about Jesus. And later in the New Testament, they will quote this very verse to make sure crystal clear that it is applied to Jesus. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Therefore, in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, 
Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone. That's Jesus, a tested stone. That's Jesus, a precious cornerstone. If you're missing it, that's Jesus, a sure foundation. So when Jesus says, if you are not built upon the rock, he's not talking about Moana. He's not talking about the rock Dwayne Johnson. He's talking about himself, Jesus, the Christ. And he tells everybody there, if you're not built on me, that is what he is implying. They just don't get it in the moment. Then you will fall and great will be your fall, whether it be when the storms of life hit you or when the storm of the day of judgment comes, you will fall. Church, we just read this and we just blaze right over it. Yep, I go to church every Sunday. Yep, I'm involved. Yep, I go to my Sunday school class. Yep, I go to my small group. Yep, I I do the church stuff. I must be built on the foundation. This is not talking about playing church. This is talking about reordering and restructuring our entire lives so that God is our foundation. And I just wonder, is that true of us? As I've studied all week long, I've had to ask, is that true of me? Or have I, have I built my identity? On being the pastor at Bethany? Have I built my identity around being Jessica's husband? Have I built my identity around being Micah and Luke and Lily's dad? Wayne's son? Soccer coach sometimes in the fall? Baseball helper sometimes in the spring? What have I built my life on? What have you built your life on? If your identity is not founded in Jesus Christ, even if it's founded in the job title of pastor, that's still sinking sand. That can be taken away from me. The only thing that cannot be taken away from me, the only thing that cannot be taken away from you, is the rock. Jesus the Christ. And if you cling to Him, You will never be blown over. You will never be put to shame. And on the day of judgment, and when the day of storms comes, no matter how hard the wind blows, no matter how much rain falls, no matter how many floodwaters rise, you'll stand strong. This morning, church, what have you built your life on? Where's your hope? Where's your foundation? Let's pray. God in heaven, you you are the only true foundation. All other ground really is sinking sand, just, just as we sang earlier. Lord, no matter where we are in life, it is not too late for us to start a new building project. And to reset our foundation. So this morning, Lord, we pray earnestly. We plead that for all of us who have moved off of the rock and put our foundation on the shifting sands of the beach. No matter what those sands are, Lord. No matter what we've made our foundation. No matter what we've made the central focus of our life. Help us this morning to recognize our sin. To recognize our folly. And to repent. 
and to come crying out to you, just as Peter did. He was sinking in that water, Lord. And he said, Jesus, save me. And you just scooped him up. He went from walking on the water to drowning. And you still saved him. Father, some of us this morning have been walking on the water and we're drowning. And we need you to save us. Lord, some of us never even were walking on the water. We were sitting in the boat. And we need you to save us. Lord Jesus, would you be our foundation? Help us to find our roots in you and in you alone. God, we love you. And we dedicate this brief time of response to you. And we ask, Holy Spirit, would you move among us? Help us to repent. Help us to respond. Move among us. We ask all this in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, would you stand? Would you sing as Jason leads us? And would you respond as the Spirit moves among us? Come. 